0: Welcome on in to the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach. Episode 1 of Season 2, A New Era Edition. It is indeed
1: A New Era. Season 2 feels good. Cam, I always gotta ask, how are
0: you feeling? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, and it is great to be back on the mic, chatting it up some Syracuse basketball. It was great to... See some basketball on last night and uh, see the boys out on the court. It felt really good. A lot of questions heading into this year, Zach, and we'll get all that in a a little bit. But, Zach, a lot of new changes this year. Yeah, the
1: first thing that hits you in the face is uh, the name change, which we talked a little about, I think, last episode, but... The vibes is not JMA. It won't be. It's going to take a year or two, but the JMA Wireless Dome is now in full effect.
0: We saw a little bit of the uh, JMA Wireless Dome, kind of getting used to it with the uh, football season and everything else. So shout out to the football team. They're doing very well. And uh, I don't know, Zach, I just can't get down with it just yet. You know, the Carrier Dome still feels like it It rings true. And it's been that way for God knows how long. I mean, since Jim's been around. So I don't think that the Syracuse Faithful are going to be calling it the JMA Dome or the JMA Wireless Dome anytime soon. I feel like it's just going to be the Dome, and I think that everybody in Syracuse knows exactly what you were talking about with that. I don't think it's going to be JMA Wireless anytime soon, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I really love. I, it's just a bummer that like the broadcast and the schedule is always JMA Wireless Dome. I wish it could just be the Dome, Dome. I, it's just it's a little unfortunate that they got to like brand everything, but I get I get it. It makes sense. But like you said, it's it's going to be the dome, to, you know, it's probably going to be a carry dome to like, you know, the OGs, but it's definitely going to be the dome for the, for the most.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a lot of question heading into this year. Also, with the roster, Zach, there are some new faces coming in and we had talked a little bit about it in the last episode, talked about who's coming in, you know, where we could see them playing and everything. But I tell you what, it was really nice to, and as sloppy as the first half was and, We'll break that down soon, but um, it was really nice seeing the new faces out there, seeing the chemistry, seeing how the off season has worked out and everything. Really cool to see some new guys out there.
1: Not to mention the athleticism that we're seeing with these new freshmen and new faces on the court, dude. The athleticism is like literally off the charts and so good to see, especially after last year where we had a lot of skill, a lot of experience, but the one thing we were lacking was
0: that just that pure athleticism. We really were. And you had seen it a little bit with Benny Williams. He has that athleticism. Cy had that athleticism. But really, as you were seeing the, the team last year, you really thought, well, this is definitely a, a veteran led group. They had five grad students on the program and it was clearly like they were set from day one. I feel like this is a little bit more exciting in a way because you don't really know what you're going to get with this group. It's seven freshmen coming in. Basically, all of them could potentially be seeing a ton of playing time or very little playing time. But you don't really know what you're going to get with this group yet. And it's just kind of a big question mark at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, our ceiling is unreal. There's a lot of like questioning. Like, there's a lot of just like a, a lot of hype. Judah Mintz seems like he's going to be the real deal. There's a lot of talented freshmen alongside him. And our ceiling really is, is this off, off Off the charts, it could it could literally go anywhere. Like we're this is this is scrimmage one, game one, whatever you want to call it. And uh there's just a lot we can grow from.
0: There is one thing that is a constant though in Syracuse basketball. It will be Jim Beheim yelling at somebody for doing something wrong at some point in the game. Maybe you didn't even see it on the broadcast at all, but Jim did see it. And he was getting on people quite a bit. And it's nice to see, like, the young guys reacting pretty well to all of this. Even the vets, too. They were reacting pretty well to this because Benny got a little bit of it. Jesse got a lot of it. But the young guys, you know, Judah got a little bit of it. Kadir Copeland got a little bit of it. They all reacted pretty well. And I think that you have to respect Jim and his entire career up until this point. Everybody knows the historical Hall of Fame career that Jim has had. Jim does not
1: let some mistakes fly at all. He no, will pull no. you out the second you touch the court. If you do something wrong, if, if it's something that he told you not to do to before, like he just has some things that are just extreme. Absolutely not. And he'll sub you. He does. He does not care. He literally doesn't just doesn't care. It's it's, it's sometimes it's like, all right, Jim, like give him just like a breath. Like, <laughs> but you know, he, he does. I mean, sometimes you really just have a short fuse with people. I'm a little worried or Last year, we were a little worried with the short fuse he had with Benny. You know, he was on Benny this game as well, but hopefully that fuse grows a little bit longer throughout the season and uh, Benny
0: can finally, you know, get some freedom to play and do his thing, which he was able to do. Do you think that it's a good thing, though, to have, like, the short leash now as opposed to sort of down the line, like, kind of learn from your mistakes right now? It is an exhibition game. This game did not mean anything right now for record-wise, but... I feel like it's a good thing though to have the short leash now and kind of learn from your mistakes pretty early in the season, as opposed to against Duke or something like that. No, I mean absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, like the the counter to that is like,
1: well, it's 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 a scrimmage. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, let them play through mistakes. But also, like, when you do have a short fuse or someone, you, you you sub someone out very quickly, like he did during that during the game. You send a message and you you wake them up and you like you're like, hey, like. I know this is a scrimmage, but I do not care. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to tell you what you did wrong, and you need to do better. Like, this is, I don't care if there's a scrimmage, if there's a Duke, if this is, you know, the final four. Like, you need to do better, and like, you just will not tolerate, which I respect and I think could be effective. If you were a player, would you be scared of Jim? I feel like I would. Honestly, like, not even as a player, but as a civilian on this earth, I am low key afraid of Jim. Like, as much as I love him and think he's a great person, I don't
0: know if I could actually ever meet him. Like, it'd be, it'd just be like, I don't know, I'm scared, bro. I'm going to be real. I had always wondered why I felt like it was so weird seeing Jim in interviews. It's because he's smiling and he seems like he's having a good time. He's talking really well about his players. Oh, you know, so-and-so did great when they were, you know, accused back in the seventies or whatever. He always seems so jolly and happy. And like, when you see him out on the court, he does not take crap from anybody. So it's so weird to see him in interviews, having like a grand old time. I've always wondered why that felt so weird to me. Yeah. I mean,
1: more, more, more likely than not, you know, if you just meet him on the street, like I'm sure he's just gonna you know, a nice person. <laughs> but <if> he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know, for some reason, this I feel very intimidated by him based on what I've seen him do to you know people and like pressers and what I've seen him do to like you know <laughs> throw back like John Gillins and our you know Frank Howard like freshman Frank Howards. It's, uh I don't know. It's, it's a scary side to be on when uh, Jim Bayheim
0: is not happy with you. But to move on to uh, the last thing, Zach, is we saw a little bit of man to man this game. We saw a little bit of sort of the transitioning from just pure 2-3 zone to man to man. And that scares me because the name of the show, Zach, is in question now. The 2-3, we thrive on that. It's true. Our namesake's a little bit in jeopardy right now, but I do think in
1: general, Jim will always kind of play a little bit of man early in the season in these uh, scrimmage games, but I do think he will be playing a little more man-to-man throughout this year. He kind of said that end of last year and majority of the game this this scrimmage game was man-to-man. There's a few stints of t- the 2-3, but otherwise, it was uh, man-to-man for the most part, but We'll see how that flies. I'll be I'll be very curious to see like what a normal rotation. I mean, I would honestly like to see a little bit of a swap back and forth throughout a game. I think that could be effective. And um, I mean, obviously the mastermind himself will, will be able to kind of chalk that up for us. But it'll be really interesting to see what that looks like when it's finally defined and when we see like a real game happen and just throughout the season, what Jim, you know, gets out gets out from his uh napkin for us.
0: It it is interesting, like the Last year, we had seen different variations of the 2-3 and just basically switching to a completely new zone altogether, and that kind of opened up some new formations, some new lineups. Could you see possibly, Jim, with this man-to-man going like a an all-small lineup, and all-big lineup, you know, all shooters out there? I'm assuming it would open up the doors for a lot of different opportunities. Yeah, I mean, also,
1: like, just the, our roster opens us up to so many opportunities. We could, like, our athleticism is up and down anywhere you look. All of our freshmen have talent, and th- that gives us a lot of opportunity. There's, I mean, during the scrimmage, there's a lot of different uh, rotations, a lot of different squads out there, a lot of little, like, a lot of little changes, and there's a lot we could do, and there's a lot in certain situations I'm sure Jim will, will go to to uh, get the advantage. So it's an it's exciting time. I think there's a lot of potential an opportunity with a roster and just the
0: the people we have on it. I think it's, I don't know. I'm excited. That is the one thing that I did see a lot on social media when the game was going on is, uh, especially before the game and after the game, you know, after the final score was announced and people kind of realized that, uh, listen, the final score was close because Indiana is good and we're a very young team. There is a reason for that. But after all that settled down, people are excited. They're excited for this new era to begin. And I saw a lot of people with a lot of hope, maybe not as much hope as there was last year, because there were definitely higher expectations or very, very high expectations last year. And I think, you know, everybody was pretty disappointed with the outcome. But uh, as far as this year, Zach, I I'm I'm flying high on cues, kind of like we were last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the difference between last year is this the amount of experience we had last year coming in. You know, everyone was like, you know, a senior or like a, super, or like a super junior or whatever because of the COVID year. So everyone was really, everyone had experience and it felt like we had the talent to really, you know, make it be the year where something crazy happens. And this year, while we have a lot of good talent and prospect coming in, the only downside in terms of like, I guess tournament potential outright is just we're young and lack of experience. I think we have a lot of talent, have a lot of prospect, but we just don't have a lot of league, you know, college experience, which is very valuable.
0: Definitely some big changes in the off season, Zach, some big changes by the way, with the two, three, you know, a lot of stuff on the horizon. We're, we got a lot of big things coming up, Zach. And uh, it was a nice little off season for us, by the way, it was, Nice to take a break just like the guys did, you know, uh, spend the summer maybe playing some basketball outdoors and everything like that. But for the most part, Zach, just taking it easy here at the 2-3.
1: No, dude, we don't take it easy around here. We're in the gym every day. You know, we're getting shots up. We're uh, grinding hard. We're, you know, playing Netherlands in the, uh, what is it, the FIBA Open or whatever it's called. I believe Um, it is, yes. My international basketball knowledge is very low, so I apologize for that. But yeah, no, we 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 took the se- took took it off. You know, we're chilling, we're, we're vibing. It's uh, you know, summer vibes and chilling. All, all good stuff. I mean, Cam, you got a few good uh, exciting updates on on your side of the offseason. If you want to share the people, share it with the people.
0: No, I don't. All right, no, he does not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do, yeah. I uh, I I graduated from... I, we'd mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, one of the reasons why we had such a delay between the uh, final game of the year and then sort of the off-season uh, edition of the 2-3 was because I had graduated grad school and uh, at there in a, in little Missouri and uh, got that bucket list item checked off. It wasn't really a bucket list item checked off. It was just a, <laughs> a square. Dude, you lived a, your whole life. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I really like... I was really looking forward to living in Missouri. No, it was it was a good time, um, being out there and making new friends, but got the master's degree out there, got a new job, and um, a lot of exciting things happening in my life, Zach, and for you, a new apartment, too. New apartment. Dude, I, I, I don't want to move on from you. You're a nine-to-five guy now. How's it feel? <laughs> it feels pretty good, yeah. It feels... Uh, very nice to get out of grad school and finally like be done with schooling I don't really know why I thought it'd be a good idea to get a to get a master's degree but um hey listen if you're out there and you're on that grind too like I respect you and I can if I have any piece of advice for you is to just keep going at it and you know your goals better than anybody else so uh keep going at it and uh don't cry don't cry too much because you will become a nine to fiver here soon just hey you like, know just <laughs> like I am you know who just joined the nine to five club recently as well? Who, Zach? Our guy, Patty Casey. Yes, sir. Patty Casey. What a guy. I miss him, man, on the team. He is a good guy. Speaking
1: with Patty, he is doing a podcast with Cool Swider, the Cool Swider Show. Got to give a shout out to them. I've been listening to it. Really good stuff, really good guests. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. Can't say they're better than us, but they are very good. <laughs>
0: I think we might need a partner with them. Actually, we had been talking about, you know, possibly wanting to chat it up with Patty Casey. He was always a fan of the social media and everything. And, uh, overall he was, you know, every, every year Jim has that one guy who he can look to. If everybody's injured or everybody's in foul trouble, you throw them in there and they're going to get the job done before Patty Casey was <laughs> Braden bear this year was Patty or last year was Patty Casey. I don't know who it's going to be this year, but, uh, you know, Patty Casey was definitely the guy that you would look to in certain situations, and honestly, he got a pretty decent amount of playing time in, for the Orange.
1: Yeah, I know it was a good season for our Pat, Patty Casey, and he's gonna be missed. But uh, you know, he's on to bigger and better
0: things. Zach, what's been going on with you in the offseason? Tell the beautiful people about you. Enough about me and enough about Patty Casey. What has been going on with with Zach recently? <laughs> I mean, my list isn't quite as exciting as Cam. You
1: know, I didn't graduate grad school or get a new job or anything like that. But uh got a new apartment with a girlfriend, which has been going great. It's awesome. And other than that, just kind of on the grind, working, working hard and um, vibing with the summer, bro. I don't know what to say. Just, uh, I mean, it's fall now, so I'm ready to get down and uh, grind season two of the 2-3 podcast.
0: It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Let's break down the game, Zach, against uh, Indiana University of of Pennsylvania. Very odd school name, but they are no slouches. They are a very, very good squad that went up against the Orange in their first exhibition game.
1: Yeah, Indiana is really, really good. Last year, they're a Final Four team in the D2 tourney, and four of those start as a return. So they're a very impressive team. They have a lot of experience. They had a 33-3 and record, so this is the best of the best of D2. Obviously, you say D2, you're like, oh, like, should be easy game. But these guys are still athletes, still playing in college, still D2, still a very impressive program, very good coach. These guys came in, they came into play.
0: One comment that I had seen on Instagram um, after the final score was announced was, You know, people were kind of freaking out about the the final score, that we didn't beat them by too much and everything. But the individual said, listen, this is the best of the best, like you said, in D2. They had everybody returning and we are coming in with basically a brand new team with a couple of returners. This is basically what we wanted, especially from an exhibition game. It doesn't matter for record or anything like that. I think in the first half, you definitely saw the the rust. The first half of the first half, too, was awful. There were some weird shots that were being taken, but you kind of expected that. And then as time went on, you know, things started to kind of move a little bit better. But you can't really avoid the first half too much. Ten turnovers, only down by one heading into the halftime. What did you see in the first half, Zach, that kind of made you cringe a little bit?
1: Yeah, I just one thing before I touch that is I just think uh, the Cuse Nation's gotten a little spoiled after the success football's been having. They're, you know, it's they're just expecting, you know, great games and, you know, huge, you know, razzle-dazzle moments. So I think, uh, you know, we're a little spoiled. I mean, obviously expectation is always really high for basketball and sports in general and Cuse, but I think uh, expectations are a little like, I don't know, I'll admit too, like I went to last night kind of like expecting to see the razzle-dazzle, you know, it's an exhibition game. Like, obviously, I I didn't know Indiana was going to be pretty good, but I was a little, you know, upset or, like, a little, like, worried that that first half I wasn't seeing the razzle-dazzle that I was hoping to see. But the first half was pretty shaky, you know. I mean, we go through, like, we went through, like, 9 or 10 die rotation, which led to 10 turnovers, which, you know, Jim is never going to do that in a real game. But nonetheless, it just was shaky but it, it, it was cool to, to get a first look at all these guys and kind of see what they did in their, you know, limited stretch there. I mean, I I really don't think there's much to take away from that first half. You know, it's a lot of rust, a lot of getting acquainted to the game, getting acquainted to playing in the Dome. A lot of the first time these guys have played in college. You know, we have like three returning players. or like re, Yeah, like three returning players other than like, you know, our uh, our guy John Bull you know, shout out to fan favorite, you <laughs> yes. know, like there's really not that much experience on this team with, with, with college experience. So right. there's a lot of new faces and a lot of uh, young people out there.
0: I do want to kind of bring you to the starting rotation that was sent out there. It was JG three, Jesse Edwards, Benny Williams, Judah Mintz, and Chris Bell. Did Judah and kind of Chris Bell sort of surprise you a little bit? Because I know that, you know, in the prior episode, we had talked about Samir Torrance possibly getting the start. Um, I know that we had mentioned that probably Judah Mintz would maybe get the start over him, but did any of that sort of surprise you? I don't think surprised
1: me. I mean, it, it's I know close as the season kept on approaching that I, I I heard was hearing that Judah was was locked in at the at the point guard, so that made sense. I was like, okay, Judah's definitely there. I guess other than that though, I was I wasn't sure if Chris or maybe you know Justin Taylor was going to get that last you know three four spot there, but you know, even Jim backed him up last night. Obviously, he didn't shoot well during the exhibition game, but he's he backed up that he's a great shooter and uh, he's gonna be
0: uh, fantastic throughout this year. So, yeah, Chris Bell went uh, one for nine on field goals, and Jim's uh, I'm pretty sure exact words were like he's gonna go one for nine this game, and then he's gonna go you know six for nine um, in the next game, and he's. I do love that Jim has always had team, you know, his team's back. He understands that this is an exhibition game. This is his first college basketball game, so, you know, it's not like you're going to expect that much out of him, especially as a coach. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be nervous, especially in his in his first uh, exhibition game.
1: And Jim doesn't just say that to about anyone. Like if if someone's not supposed to take a three point shot, he will say. I don't know why John John Bull, sorry, John Bowl. I don't know why John Bull <laughs> took a three-pointer shot. Like he, he has no right, he has no reason to ever do that. So like obviously him saying that is a good testament that Chris Bell is going to be a great shooter and is a great shooter.
0: That second half was much better. There were smarter shots from basically everybody from from JG3 to uh, Judah Mintz. There were much better shots, a lot less turnovers. The defense looked like they were locked down. It seemed like it was flowing a lot better, especially the second half of the second half. Everything seemed to click into place. They understood what their roles were, and at that point, I feel like that's when you can start to kind of really evaluate what this game was about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What what are we seeing from the freshmen? Like, who who's popping out to you? What do you what do you give me a rundown on uh, your freshmen? Our freshmen, like seven freshmen. How are we feeling about them?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for what we're gonna see out of Juna Mintz. I love the way that he was kind of controlling pace. He was doing his own thing, especially like I said in the in the second half. He looked much better as a point guard. He looked like he was really taking over. He had to take over for an injured Samir Torrance, who, by the way, is fine. Um, he'll be able to play in the next exhibition game. But, you know, it for me, I think as a freshman if you're a point guard, that's the biggest thing is you got to instill that confidence in like a young player and to instill that confidence, he's getting 32 minutes of play time. I think that for me, he was the biggest, not surprise, but um, he's what really jumped out at me uh, when I was looking at the stat sheet afterwards.
1: Yeah. What really impressed me is the way he ended the first half when he he took control. He said, this is my shot. Obviously maybe timing he gave, he gave Indiana a little bit too much time because obviously they kind of made that. <laughs> it wasn't quite a half court shot, but buzzer nice beater. Though. Yeah, it was, it was nice. nice, and you know, it was a little unfortunate. But I, I do respect that Judah took that moment upon himself. Like he didn't pass it on. He, he's like, no, this is mine. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this. I'm, I'm gonna. And, and you know, that takes a lot of that takes a lot of that takes a lot from for somebody. You know, and I,
0: it was really cool to see that from him. I think uh, if you keep looking at like the freshmen and everything, I ju- think Justin Taylor did pretty well. Um, Kadir Copeland got pretty solid minutes, but you can't really look at, like the point total and everything like that. And look at the minutes and compare the two, because again, you know, they're going to be kids out there. They're going to be nervous. They're going to be taking a ton of shots. I think that Chris bell took very smart shots when he was out there. Obviously they weren't falling, but there's some of the shots that he was taking. I'm like, okay, once he gets his flow in, that's going to fall. Um, one wacky thing though, that I really did not like about this game was all the tech sack for flopping. That was really strange. And it really kind of like put a stop to the game pace and everything. I just really did not like it. I I don't know why, but it just was not really vibing with me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like every year there's a new weird rule that the league announces that now refs are like trying to figure out what to do. And no, everyone's like, why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense. But it's, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know. Like, obviously flopping is annoying, but it's just like, I feel like it's got to be very deliberate and like very obvious. Obviously there's times where, you know, legs are flown in here and there, but like, if it's like super obvious, then that's when you call. But otherwise it's like, if something's like maybe a little exaggerated or whatever, it's like, just, just let it play on. Like, I don't understand why you have to like get to the indie goodie and be like, Oh, the
0: guy was flopping. It's like, come on, bro. Like let him play. And it was like back-to-back text too. I don't know. I just didn't... I wasn't vibing with it. I thought it, would like, put a complete stop to the the game pace and everything. And it, it you know for a fact, too, like, at some point, there's going to be a very big situation where it's going to be down to the wire, final couple seconds, and maybe a flop takes place, and they're going to call a tech, and that's going to completely change, like, the outcome of the game, and there's going to be uproar about it. I don't know. I feel like it's just asking for disaster at this point and I feel like it's it maybe is something that's gonna to be too late to change but if it's if it's an issue now imagine what's gonna be like in the final four or something like that yeah I'm not looking
1: forward to it hopefully the refs you know get that dialed in but you know there's always something with the refs and there's always I don't know the the refs can never be perfect but now they have another thing to
0: <laughs> mess up so
1: good for us right <laughs>
0: <laughs> Looking at all the freshmen, Zach, I want to ask you the same question: Who kind of stood out to you in a in a good and bad way? What were the performances that you really took away from last night? I was really impressed
1: with Justin Taylor. I thought you know he he looked he looked good. He he was he's you know obviously very athletic. He he looked good on D too. Like he was strong, kept his kept his defender in front of him, and like I don't know, he he just felt good and he had a good presence on the court, which was good to see from him. And like, you know, he, he shot, I mean, he only took two threes, made one for two. So, you know, that was a good, that was a good clip. I would love to see him get some more looks and, you know, 50, shooting 50% first game though. I think that's, uh, I think you, I think you take that. And then other than that, and you mentioned him too, is Quadir. I love his energy and just his motor. Is, he's he's definitely got the most motor on the, like I was thinking about during the game though. Imagine him and like Cy running side by side. They'd be like, they'd just be like,
0: Energy to the max. It'd like blow up any stadium, I feel like. I feel like the most exciting thing about this rotation is the amount of pieces that you can put into the puzzle. There are so many different combinations. When we were looking at the roster last year, you were pretty set on like the the six or seven people that were going to get playing time. With this, I feel like there's going to be a lot more energy. There's going to be a lot more people coming off of the bench. And that's what you need. That's what we've been asking for for years is having a much larger group that Jim can use. I mean, if listen, if you're looking at this box score and you're thinking to yourself, you know. John Bull and I listen, John Bull is a good guy. But if he's the one that's getting the least amount of minutes, that's that's saying something that is actually very, very good because John bowl has a ton of athleticism, but that just shows like how much talent is, you know, at the top there, there's so many different pieces that he can pick from. Yeah. Especially early on
1: while, you know, we're trying to figure out exactly who the starting five is kind of what the rotation will be. I mean, I Jim obviously is very notorious for like keeping a very short rotation. I expect, you know, we'll probably eventually narrow down to Six, seven max. But early on here, especially during these first preseason games, will de- there'll definitely be the opportunity to kind of see what's going on, try some new rotations, try some new groups, and see kind of what happens. So that's very exciting, and I think there's enough talent and potential with all these guys that anyone's got their chance to kind of you know find their you know six or seven spot, find their way to that spot. And throughout the year, that can change too, but. Ultimately, like I do think we will be seeing unless unless there's really like so much talent on the bench, which kind of leads to Saimir. Simeir, I am so huge. We both are on the two or three, so big on Simeir. It literally feels like you have a QB once in on the bench and it just it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit right. And I know there's a lot of talent with you know, Judah and Joe playing the one and two, but it just feels wrong for Sai to to not be out there
0: you know, 30 plus minutes a game. Well, it's, it's especially concerning because you've got such a young team that's out there and you need that veteran leader out there. And I feel like Joe is going to be probably that guy, but you need somebody else out there. And we've always talked about how Cy, his change of pace and his control of the pace of the game is outstanding. It's something that I personally haven't seen in a very long time in an orange uniform and I think that when you look at like the young squad that's out there, it's really concerning that he's only getting, you know, he, he could only potentially get a couple of minutes. I don't think that that's going to be really the case. I feel like he's probably going to end up at around like the 20 minute mark a game. This game was obviously a little bit different because he did get injured, but that's the most concerning part is that you've got such a young team out there. And you need that veteran leadership out there. And Cy is the perfect candidate for that. He is the Captain Cole of last year. He is Captain Sai, And he needs to be out there running point a lot. And I understand that Judah is going to be out there, you know, get his minutes and everything like that. But Zach, you cannot overlook the talent and leadership of Cy.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jim said too in his presses that he likes Psy, Cy. Cy's going to be used this year. And it's, I think it just makes it tough. I mean, that's why there's not two key B1s on a team. Cause it's like, what do you do? Like you, you have to choose one and you know, I mean, maybe Samir can kind of find a different way to impact the game. And I think that he, he already did that last year. You know, he, he, he kind of with his motor and just his change of pace and his different look at the game makes him kind of a different look. I mean, I do think that's more similar to Duda than, you know, Joe as of last year, but I'm still big on Samir and I think you know for Jim to say that he likes him out loud <laughs> is is good. So there there there's there's a lot of hope for Samir and not to mention Samir sits directly next at least to this first game here. Sat right next to Jim on the bench. So that's a good sign too. I don't know, I just love Samir and I just want to I just I don't know, maybe my like for him is clouding my vision here, but I think I'd
0: love to see him play as much as he can. Do you think that there could be a world where, and I don't want to say that, you know, Judah is going to be bad or anything like that. Do you think that there could be a world where Sai ends up getting the starting role? Over, over Judah? Over Judah or just, I was going to say over Joe too, but I feel like we're not going to be seeing him too much at the point this year. I guess, yeah, over Judah, I guess it would be. I don't know. I mean, because Judah did have like a –
1: he put together a good game overall here, especially second half. He can't really tighten things up and had a great, you know, second half. So he he seems like the guy, especially as as he develops throughout this year. I mean, I do think he might have times where he, he, you know, he seems like a pretty emotional guy and like kind of gets like, you know, at himself for like turnovers and just, you know, missed shots here and there. Obviously, he's still like, you know, playing and is engaged. He seems like a very emotional guy, kind of like Joe. So, Samir might be a good, you know, relief for him in those moments where he's struggling, especially early on here. I don't know. It's, I think Judah has that spot. I mean, I don't know. Do you think this starting five here is kind of what we're going to see? It's, it's hard to say. I could see you could, anyone can kind of slip in there. It feels like
0: it does. I think that the only real two people that could really slip in in and out now is justin taylor and chris bell and i'm not gonna judge chris on this game because it, it you know it's not fair to do that but justin taylor he put a very impressive performance together i think that like you had mentioned several times jim is very high on judah and rightly so he put in a very impressive performance But I think overall, this is probably what you're going to be seeing. There are definitely going to be three mainstays. It's going to be Joe, Jesse, and Benny. So you got to start with those three. And then from there, I feel like you could possibly be switching him in and out occasionally with Judah and Samir. But definitely Chris Bell and uh, Justin Taylor. I could see flip-flopping quite a bit. Right. Yeah, I mean... I think
1: I think Jim's gotten a hard task on his end. I mean, obviously, like he knows best and like he's he's in practice. But just from our perspective, my perspective, it just if I were a coach right now, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. It just feels like there's <laughs> so much talent. And, you know, it, it's just it's, you know, you're just like. You just it's just such a hard decision and you're, you're splitting hairs over like who gets a start or not, or who, who who who's playing more, it feels like there's this so much talent in potential here
0: I, I jim's got a you know he's got he's got a big uh task on his hands i will say the one move that i was really loving not having joe at the one you gotta have him at the two so that way he can you know get to his spots put up his shots we saw that quite a bit last year i feel like that is the right permanent move for joseph gerard
1: yeah i think especially as this year progresses joe's gonna really find his spots. So they're gonna find joe they're gonna run plays for joe And I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. I do think early on here, there's a few times he kind of got lost in Ireland. You know, obviously the two is his. You know, native. That's where he's he's comfortable. Like that's his spot. But these last three years, he's been running the point. He's had the ball in his in his hands. You know, every single play from from the get. So I think that is going to be a little bit of a transition for him. Obviously, like he is returning to something he knows well too. But he is usually used to having the ball every single time, and now that's not the case. So I do think that's going to be a little bit of a tweak he's going to, have, he's going to go through, and we, we kind of saw that a little bit. But nonetheless, I agree. That's just a long explanation to say that I agree that two is the
0: good spot for him. <laughs> there is a big question on this roster, Zach. Uh, we saw Jesse getting his uh, getting an earful from Jim. And Jim had mentioned in the presser he still thinks that Jesse is out in Europe because he's playing a European style of basketball right now, and then he needs to get back to you know the the Syracuse way of things. But who's going to be the backup for Jesse? There's a lot of question behind that. I'm not really sure. I mean, you have Munir, Hima and then Peter Carey, which
1: kind of seem like, kind of feels like that they could kind of be either one at this moment. I mean, in terms of the production of the scrimmage you could kind of go either way. I mean, I didn't really see any favor one over the other. So it, it's, it's kind of, it seems like that one's up in the, up in the air. I mean, I do think once the season gets progressed here, Jesse's going to be solid and not need the relief. But until uh, Jesse starts playing Q's basketball again, uh, Jim might, <laughs> you know,
0: be pulling him out for a, a, a sub here. I don't I, I, well, I guess we'll have to see. I was a little bit concerned because I kept, seeing him play and I'm I'm I was really concerned about what we were seeing it didn't really seem like the the kind of Jesse that I that I knew and loved before he got injured last year it seemed like the Jesse of old
1: yeah I was confused because I, I knew he played in the others this summer and I was like you know this isn't like the first competitive play he's had since he was injured so like he doesn't have like that excuse I felt like so I was like I was like a little confused why things were like fell off but obviously you know there's a lot of Reasons why that's happening, you know, he's playing a Europe style basketball. He's playing with a new squad, so I mean, he still ended the game with really good production. In the second half, they started feeding him. He started rolling better the, under the basket and finding his spots. So I mean, everything's just a work in progress. And you know, as much as like we want to like look at every instance of this game and kind of like figure out what we got going on, it's you really can't you really can't analyze this game into too much detail, like there's a lot of rust that's still shaking off these guys and it's uh, you know, it can't be too critical at this point
0: there. You know, Cuse media does make me laugh. Sometimes there were a lot of questions as to uh, if Benny was going to stay at the end of the year, or if he was going to transfer because he wasn't happy with the playing time that he got last year, Benny looked very good in this uh, preseason matchup and I had to give him a shout out. What did you see from Benny this you know this game compared to what you saw of Benny last year. He just looked a bit more confident.
1: He was uh you know going to his spots. I mean his his shot's still a little weird here and there, but it's falling. He I think just overall just more confidence and also like he has he has the the room to kind of make these mistakes early on here, and he's definitely progressed. And you know what I love to see is his aggression on the boards. Twelve rebounds. For a team high, that was really great to see from Benny. Last year, I don't think he was getting as many rebounds. So I think most impressed by his
0: rebounding. He looked like he was getting to his spots. He looked like he was using his energy and channeling it into what he needed to. And that's what Jim had said all along last year, was that he was very energetic, he's very athletic, but he's not channeling it correctly. And I feel like we saw last year, or I'm sorry, I feel like we saw uh, last night, him actually channeling his athleticism in a way that made Jim happy and that, you know, benefited the team quite a bit. I think that he got to his spots. I think that he looked very comfortable, like you said. And overall, it just seemed like the Benny that we had wanted last year, but obviously it was just not ready for, you know, to come out yet.
1: Soft sophomore season for Benny is going to be big. I think his potential this year is way bigger than it ever was last year. And I really do think Benny is going to be a huge contributor this year. And I think game by game, we're seeing going slowly, pro-
0: progressively get better and better, which is going to be really awesome to watch. Comparing this team to last year is very difficult, Zach, when you only have one exhibition game in your pocket. But I'm going to ask you to do that. How do you compare this team to last year? Do you like it more? Are you more excited? Are you more scared? What are you thinking right now? I'm definitely more excited about the development
1: potential of this team. And I'm not just saying like, you know, we're just going to develop this year and that's all this year is going to be. But I just think the arc of what we see this first exhibition game to what we're going to see in March during the tournament is going to be massive. It always is with Qs, It always is every year. But this year, because of these young guys coming in, learning, you know, maybe starting, uh, you know, I think their arc is going to be huge. And what, what the team we see in March... You know, maybe in the Sweet Sixteen or wherever they make it to, is going to be like a totally different team, and I'm really excited to see that arc. And I think that's very exciting um, compared to last year. Like, you know, we we still have we have the arc every year, but last year we had more just established, you know, roles and you know, you know, Buddy was on the team four years, so we kind of had expectations a little bit more grounded. I feel like, but this year I feel like we have more potential and unknown as well.
0: So I guess we'll see where that takes us. I am curious how the year is going to pan out with this schedule because uh, it's a pretty manageable schedule for the most part.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's low key easy. Um, You know, no ACC schedule is easy. No, you know, but compared to last year when we're playing three games and going to, you know, battle for Lance and playing, you know, great teams that we did last year. I can't remember all the teams, but we have the Empire Classic, where we play Richmond first, and then St. John's or Temple, which are all very good, respectable teams, compared to who we played in the Battle for Atlantis, which is you know Auburn, Arizona State, and VCU, which are all you know good teams as well. I just feel like that competition that early in the season was just way more. And if just in if you look at the ACC schedule as we pan out here throughout this whole year it just feels a little bit lighter compared to, you know, recent years. And I don't think at the end of the year, you know, if there's like bubble consideration that shrinks the schedule is going to be
0: a benefit for us. Do you prefer this style compared to last year? Do you prefer like the sort of not easier, but just like the more manageable schedule this year, not really testing the team too much, just kind of making sure that they get their feet wet and then kind of getting into the ACC play. Because we have such
1: young players and such a young team, I think that makes more sense in my mind. You know, get your feet wet, kind of get slow, you work your competition up, but still like compete and be competed against and play good talent, but not, you know, play,
0: you know, a top 25 team your fourth game in, you know, uh, in the Bahamas, you know. Like you had said, you know, Richmond is a very good team. They, they won the A-10 last year. St. John's and Temple are always very, very good opponents. Illinois is definitely going to bring the noise. They are a very solid opponent as well. And then we kind of get into ACC play early in December with Notre Dame. So, and then after that, you know, you get the easier opponents: Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, Cornell. Um, and then you really get into the ACC play from there. But
1: I you call think you I, call
0: you calling Georgetown an easy opponent? I'm calling Georgetown an easy opponent. All right, I feel like I last like year it. was just a fluke. I have no idea what happened last year. I feel like we just really got like scared or something playing in Georgetown. We're going to be at home this year. We're going to be coming off an Oakland game where we're going to crush Oakland. I don't even know what their mascot is. But, you know, we're going to we're going to go back to the JMA wireless dome. And we're going to say, all right, Georgetown, <laughs> that's easy. We can put our throwbacks on this year and actually win a game. Because remember last year when we didn't win a game in our throwback uniforms? It was so sad because those are so nice. We gotta break the curse this year. That's
1: like I think every player should that should be back in their mind. We gotta break that curse. We I don't remember the last time we won in the throw in those throwbacks, and it, it's time to finally break that curse so we can
0: rep and rep those rep those jerseys well. Zach, looking at this team, I'm very excited. I had said this last year that. This Team feels really special, and then it ended up being not so special because uh, we didn't make it at to the tournament. It was still but special, though. It was still special, you know, the Bayheim boys and everything yes. that was always good. And you gotta give a shout out to the Bayheim boys, you know, Buddy Bayheim with the Detroit Pistons, Jimmy Bayheim in Greece. There's a lot of orange in the NBA, Zach. Gotta shout out our, our guy, Captain Cole Swider, has a two way deal with
1: the Lakers. He recently did get, I think he has a right foot injury, so he's out for four weeks. But nonetheless, with the Lakers, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet.
0: It was really cool looking at that squad last year. You could definitely see that these three guys were going to be uh, definitely the ones that you're going to be seeing in the future. Especially Buddy Beheim getting that sweet deal with the Pistons. Um, Jimmy Beheim being able to be, you know, uh, with the Pistons as well for the summer league going to Greece. But Cole Swider was the one that really impressed me the most with the L.A. Lakers, you know, coming out guns a blazing. He was doing really well there for a while in the summer league. No, he shot lights
1: out, and he, he really proved that he he's a elite shooter and deserves to be in the league. And being on L.A. just blows my mind. I don't know why, just because of the market and who obviously like who's on that team. But the <clears throat> the Lakers posted a, a photo on Instagram. Will Smith visited their team the other day during practice and there's a photo on their Instagram and our guy Cole Swider is standing right next to LeBron and LeBron has his arm around <laughs> arm around Cole, which is just like a crazy sight to see. And I don't know. It's, part of me just doesn't like believe it, but you know, it's just,
0: That's I don't cool. know. It, it blows my mind. I don't want you to play favorites too much, but who do you think is the most pro ready out of the three of those guys?
1: Um, I mean, based on what they've done on a pro level, pro level, it's Cole's proven to be, you know, more like he based on what he did in the summer league and based on what he did preseason games. Cole's proven that he's you know a great shooter and Buddy has too, but Cole's had more of a chance, more of an opportunity to show that, and he's and he's and he's shown that. So I think as of right now, Cole is exceeding and excelling in that.
0: I feel like you could probably see that too when he was playing with the orange. I think that he kind of stood out. He was, uh, he was a really special player last year. That's probably the best way to put that. And I don't think that in my time of watching Syracuse basketball, I don't think I've ever seen a a player like Cole come in as a transfer and, and lead the way that he did and really kind of turn his career around. Because if you remember, with Villanova, he was getting minutes, but they really weren't that great. Came to the Orange expecting a certain amount of minutes, and he got that, and he proved why he should be there. And for the longest time, he was the guy who was leading us to to victories. And I think for for us, Zach, it was really special to see that and to see a special uh, a guy like Cole come out of the the Orange, the Orange locker room, and really always have that intensity. Yeah, and, he, and he's he's a true he's a true. Cuse guy now
1: he 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 bleeds orange he, he he you know even though he played one year at Cuse he is full diehard Cuse and you, it's in his blood which is which is great to see and it was just great that he was able to come to Cuse and be himself again go back to his roots and he balled out and now he's now he's with the Lakers chilling with
0: LeBron you know casual I do want to give a quick shout out again to the football team they're six and one on the year coming off of a a pretty tough loss at Clemson. I feel like if that game was at Syracuse, Zach, they probably would have won that game because that was a, a brutal game to lose to against the number 5 team in the country. Yeah, the
1: football team's playing fantastic and I think their season is just going to keep going forward and you know, win out, boys. Come on, let, let's uh let's get the season uh let's
0: get the season rolling. Shout out to Dino Babers cuz it's kind of <laughs> I don't know why, but I, listen, we don't follow football as much as we do basketball, hence why we are a basketball podcast. But, uh, I feel like Dino Babers, he really like struck a chord with this group and, uh, they're playing really well. I did not expect it whatsoever, but, um, it's really cool to see that, especially for central New York. I don't remember. It's been a little bit since we've had a team this good, I guess not that long ago, but, um, it's, it's really neat to see like good quality football coming out of uh, Central New York now. And Their next game against Notre Dame, Zach, it's going to be a big contest in the JMA Wireless Dome. Sold out, so you got to tune in for that one. It's going to be good. Uh, the next game for the boys, let's fall back to uh, what we should be talking about right now, the basketball. Against Southern New Hampshire uh, on Tuesday, November 1st. That's going to be on ACC Network Extra. At seven PM, I don't know, man. I don't know anything about Southern New Hampshire. I, I am looking to hopefully get the same thing out of the guys again. Who are you looking to step up big time in this game? Who do you want to see more of? Mm, that's a great question. I'd love to see Chris Bell find his rhythm
1: and uh, you know find his his shot and get some good strokes and get some good um, looks, which. And have them fall. That would be really great to see, just for his confidence to build on, to, uh, <clears throat> to build on for the first game, and for the season
0: to start. So I think I think my guy is Chris. I think for me, I want to see Jesse be Jesse again. I I'm a little bit concerned about that. I don't think that it's going to be that big of a deal, especially as the season moves forward, because we know the kind of guy that Jesse's capable of being. But I just want to see him play his brand of basketball again, because I feel like we did not see that, see too much of it this, uh, you know, yesterday. And I feel like I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think it could be quickly resolved, Zach.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a senior. He should be just balling on these guys, especially, you know, last game he had like a, what like again, eight foot, eight and not eight, not eight feet, an eight inch advantage. You know, he's yeah. towering over these guys, no one can even like be near him. So he should be <laughs> balling on these guys. He's a senior. He has experience. He has the knowledge. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Jesse take over. And just like, I guess that extends to all of our seniors. Our seniors have the experience and knowledge. And I think they, they should really show their presence and be like, yo, we're, we're, we're the guys that know what's going on out here and like, you know, put the, put the other guys under the wing and show them, show them the way.
0: I did look up the Southern New Hampshire uh, team. Last year, they were 13 and 11. So I don't think they're as good as Indiana. But maybe that's a good thing, Zach. Maybe we do need somebody to kind of beat up on a little bit. And so that way the the uh, the walk-ons can get a couple of minutes. Arthur the Assassin can come out, hit a dagger. I would love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see some razzle and dazzle. It's always fun just to kind of kick back,
1: relax, and not really pay attention to the game. But just, you know, see some good dunks, see some good passing, and just kind of chill. It's, one of the, it's, like, it's just fun to, like, especially early on in the season here, especially during preseason where like obviously you care you want to see what's going on but you just kind of like don't care and you just kind of let the game fly and you're, you're up like 40 you know you just dunk after dunk and have to play after play and you're like this is fun you know I'm, I'm not really I'm just chilling this is great and you know you're not worried about oh god we're going to lose to Indiana like you're not you're not worried about that you're just chilling so I'd love to see some razzle dazzle but also you know if, if we got to compete and you know get
0: these guys ready for the season then I'm happy to do that too so next week against Southern New Hampshire on Tuesday, it's gonna be a fun one. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the 23 Podcast. You can always get us get uh, updates there, some Syracuse news and everything like that. So uh, until then, we will talk to you later. Let's
1: go, Kius.